you where you were going 40 miles an hour. This is a residential area. Sure, but I'm on my lawnmower. Wait, am I getting a ticket? No, I've just never seen anyone top 9 miles an hour on one of those bad boys. And mow their entire lawn in 30 seconds? What got into you? Well, it did fuel up at Sunoco this morning. At Sunoco, we know how to fuel peak performance. We've been doing it for American racing for over 50 years. Fuel your best. NASCAR season is here, and everyone on the Toyota racing team is doing their part to perform at the highest level. From driver Ty Gibbs to amateur musician Russell Viper, who's working on the perfect pre-race pump-up track for the team. Start those Camrys up! Yeah! To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. This NASCAR season, every member of the Toyota Racing Team is doing their part to take the trophy home. Like 6th grader Melissa Kowalski, who changes true to true X on every true-false quiz she takes. All my teachers are Martin Truex Jr. fans now. Keep up the great work, Melissa. To accomplish greater things this year, everyone plays a part. Be part of the action at toyota.com slash racing. Toyota, let's go places. NASCAR is a registered trademark of National Association for Stock Car Auto Racing, Inc. Well, listeners, in case you didn't get enough sports today, here's an ad break that'll tell you how to watch even more sports. YouTube is the new home of NFL Sunday Ticket. And if you sign up now, you'll get our lowest full season price of the year. Just go to youtube.com slash Spotify offer to get $100 off NFL Sunday Ticket. Watch your favorite teams out of market Sunday afternoon games exclusively on YouTube and YouTube TV. All right, enough about sports. Go get more sports. Terms and embargoes apply. Offer ends June 6th. No refunds. The following is a production of the Motor Racing Network, the voice of NASCAR. The Motor Racing Network presents NASCAR Live Wide Open. Off the end of the back straightaway. Larson's going to send it. Larson's in the wall. Larson's on Hamlin's back bumper. Logano leads down the back straightaway. Keselowski's in line. Now he turns him. Both Team Penske cars crash. Keselowski is up in a ball of flame. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Now, here is your host, Mike Bagley. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open here on the Motor Racing Network. Mike Bagley and the entire MRN crew here with you. Hope you're doing well as we are getting ready for a huge weekend coming up this weekend. We're obviously coming out of... The Coca-Cola 600, we're transitioning now into the second half of the regular season for the NASCAR Cup Series. The NASCAR Xfinity Series is at their halfway point of their regular season. The trucks have hit that milestone as well. And now it's through the dog days of summer as the push will slowly begin to get everyone on playoff footing coming up later in the fall. This is an exciting weekend for more than one reason. When the schedule was announced back in the offseason, we had a lot of highlights in a lot of the schedules for Cup, Xfinity, and Truck. When you look at, say, the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series, we got the news that uh, we're going to Mid-Ohio for the first time. That's coming up. We're going to Sonoma for the first time in a while. That's coming up. Uh, Also, going back to Indianapolis Raceway Park, going back to the dirt on Knoxville. 
Then in the NASCAR Xfinity Series, we got word that we're going to Portland International Raceway for the first time. Cup Series, we're doing the clash at the Coliseum. We're going to Gateway for the first time. Homestead's back in the playoffs. There's a lot of hubbub about the schedule. Well, this is the weekend that a lot of folks have pointed to to where NASCAR is either going to return to places it hasn't been for a while or a series is going for the first time it's never been at all. Gateway this weekend, Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. It'll be the first cup race for the NASCAR Cup Series ever. Xfinity and Truck has raced there before. Cup has not raced there. Portland, Oregon. Portland International Raceway, the road course. Last time NASCAR was there was over 20 years ago with the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. The Xfinity Series going to Portland for the very first time. The sports footprint is expanding this weekend. Getting word that Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway sold out for the cup race. Great crowd response in Portland this weekend. There's a lot of curiosity out there, and there's a lot of interest and a lot of excitement to be had out there. The good news is we have you covered on Motor Racing Network Soup to Nuts. We've got everything covered in Gateway. We've got everything covered in Portland. We'll run you down the broadcast schedule coming up because we have got a lot of on-air time coming up, and we hope you're a part of it as well. But to give us a little texture about what's going on in the middle part of the country around Gateway International Raceway, that's what it used to be called, now Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway, we're going to tap into one of the great resources we have here at the Motor Racing Network. You've heard Kurt Becker on our air for years. You've probably even heard him be the voice of the Kentucky Derby or Keeneland. He does horse racing. He does NASCAR racing. And we are so proud and pleased to have him a part of our crew and a part of our team. As a matter of fact, Kurt is joining us on the hotline, the Zoom hotline right now here on NASCAR Live Wide Open. Let's bring him in from Altamont, Illinois. Kurt Becker is with us. Kurt, welcome to NASCAR Live Wide Open. How are we doing? Mike, it's, it's good to join you, and it's, uh, it's fun on my maiden voyage to come on. And, and living where I do in central Illinois, I'm, I'm maybe 75 or 80 miles from the Worldwide Technology Raceway. Let me tell you, we... We are excited here in this part of the country about the first cup visit to that track. And I was going to ask you that. So uh, a lot of folks here on the broadcast and have for decades that you're from Altamont, Illinois. You're less than 100 miles away. Let's get the lay of the land. Where is Altamont in relation to Chicago or maybe some other landmarks that people may know? Get at the... Give our listeners an opportunity to get to know you and where you're from and what part of the neck of the woods you're in. Altamont, Illinois is a town of 2,400 people, predominantly a a rural farming community. We are on Interstate 70. We also sit right along the old uh, U.S. Highway 40, the old National Trail Road. So we've got St. Louis about 100 miles to our west. We've got Indianapolis about 150 miles to our east. If we're going to go to Chicago and visit uh, our good friend and colleague, Pete Pistoni, we're going to be, we're talking, you know, 220, 230 miles, something like that. So, uh, you know, we're, we're in, in a way, we're in the middle of nowhere, but in a way, we're also right smack dab in the middle of some major metropolitan areas within easy driving distance that have great sports and, and great racing traditions. Well, let's focus in on St. Louis. NASCAR is not new to St. Louis. We've been there before. But we've not been there with the Cup Series. We've been at Gateway International Raceway, Gateway Motorsports Park, now Worldwide Technology Raceway at Gateway. You mentioned the excitement level coming in. What is the pitch around those parks these days? I can tell you that where I live, both in my hometown, in my home county, I I have got people coming up to me who have never been 
to a NASCAR event of any kind who have tickets and are going to be there for this truck cup weekend that we've got coming up. The, these are folks who in many cases, they have followed NASCAR, they've listened on the radio, they've watched it on TV, they've had their favorite drivers over the years. Now, finally, they feel like here, here's a race right in our backyard. And I think that's, that's the thing, I'm surprised I, I was up at the grocery store the other day and, uh, uh, you know, young young man working behind the delicatessen counter. He's never sp spoken with me about NASCAR and I've known him for many, many years. And all of a sudden he speaks up and he says, hey, I've got tickets to the race at, at uh, St. Louis. And he said, not just me, we've got two vehicles going and there's going to be four people piled into each car. So uh, that that's how that excitement kind of is manifesting itself in a real tangible way. People that are actually got tickets and are going to be on site for the race. You know, one of the things that interests me about this is, you know, we talk about how the sport is is founded in the southeast and will make appearances in the northeast or the mid-Atlantic. We'll have the West Coast swing. Well, a lot of times the Midwestern part of the country gets overlooked there are a lot of tracks in the midwestern corridor but none within 200 ish miles of gateway i did some i pulled up apple maps and i put in worldwide technology raceway gateway the closest track is indianapolis 236 miles away second closest is kansas at 266 the third closest is Nashville at 338, and the fourth closest looks to be Road America at 422. While it would seem like that corridor is congested, it actually isn't when you look at miles on the map. Does that surprise you as well? It, it does as you start laying out those, those numbers. And, and I think, Mike, that you touch on something because of that fact. A lot of racing fans, motorsports fans in the greater St. Louis area, these are authentic grassroots racing fans because of what you just mentioned. If they wanted to go see a cup race in years past, they were going to have to travel, you know, two to 400 miles to go do it. Not that they wouldn't, but as a result, it, when I was growing up in the 70s and, and basically in the last, you know, 40, 50 years since then, if folks in the St. Louis region were going to the races, they, they were going to go to uh, the, the old, what used to be called the I-55 Raceway, the dirt track in Peebley, Missouri. Uh, we think about our friend and colleague, Rusty Wallace. Uh, he and his brothers and their dad used to race at the old Lake Hill Speedway in Valley Park, Missouri. Uh, on the Illinois side of the border, you've got the Tri-City Speedway at, at Granite City, the Highland Speedway, the dirt track in Highland, Illinois. And I think that's one of the reasons that this is so special now to have a facility like Worldwide Technology Raceway and the Cup Series coming to this region. You have got true grassroots motorsports fans who can deeply appreciate what it means after all these years to have this series right there on their home track. And I will take what you just said and spin that off into a conversation about you. You've been with MRN since the 90s like I have. You mentioned a lot of, of local tracks and a lot of local racing efforts around your part of the country. Is that how you got started in racing, by going to some of those tracks, or did you just tune into MRN? A lot of folks ask us all the time, how'd you get started? How did you get started in NASCAR? When I was growing up, I grew up in a horse racing family, and uh, nobody in my family followed motorsports. My, my dad would always tune in and listen to the radio broadcast of the Indianapolis 500. He had a lot of respect for the Unsures and Foyts and Andrettis and so on. 
but we didn't really, in my household, we didn't follow NASCAR. Well, we had a distant relative who taught automotive science at a junior college, and he came to our house on a Daytona 500 Sunday, and he asked, can we turn on the TV and check the Daytona 500? And that was in 1978, back in the old ABC Wide World of Sports days, where they would kind of give you a 10-minute glimpse here and a 10-minute glimpse there. First image I saw was Richard Petty, Daryl Waltrip, and David Pearson early in that race battling for the lead before Richard cut a tire and they all three got wrecked. I can't explain it, but something about it just clicked with me, especially with Richard Petty. I became a big Richard fan. But I remember, Mike, when I was a kid living where we did, we didn't get a lot of racing coverage here. And at that time, folks would find it hard to believe today, NASCAR did not get a lot of national coverage. I remember when, when dad would go to the, the local grocery store and buy a Sunday paper, I would just hope that, that he bought one that at least would have the starting lineup for the cup race that day, because that was about as good as it got. And then I discovered the Motor Racing Network a few years later when I was 16. I thought, you gotta be kidding. NASCAR on the radio? That was fantastic. Because again, so many races didn't even get TV coverage back then. So Motor Racing Network really fueled that interest and, and helped me learn a lot about the sport. Lots of folks say the same thing back in those days. You could get it on TV, but you could get it on the radio, and a lot of those races were heard on Motor Racing Network. Connect dots for me. So you grew up in a horse racing town or a horse town, those that had connections to the horse racing industry. You came into NASCAR when you were about 16 years old. Connect the dots from there on because your motorsports life and your and your horse racing life basically paralleled and still do to some degree. Well, I, I give a lot of credit to a man named John McMullen, uh, the man who hired you and hired me at Motor Racing Network. He was our executive producer for a number of years. And I remember writing, at the end of the broadcast, I remember listening to a race at age 16 on Motor Racing Network. And uh, at the end of the broadcast, the mailing address was listed, if anybody had any questions or comments. And uh, I'm wanting to say it would have been, uh, was it Rick Lewis who would have been the uh, voiceover artist at that time? And and he, uh, he had that magnificent voice, uh, those, that deep resonating voice. And I remember grabbing a, a pen and scribbling down, you know, West International Speedway, Daytona Beach, Florida. So I wrote to, to John McMullen and I said, I just, I love NASCAR. I, I love listening to Motor Racing Network. How can I be involved? So what John did was he told me, he said, you're young, but stay in touch. Let me know if you start doing some announcing and anything, you know, horse racing, whatever it might be. So that's what happened. When I started uh, announcing horse races, having grown up in a horse racing family, I would send John tapes. I, I would literally take a tape recorder to the dusty county fair circuit and record myself calling horse races and send it to John. So uh, what, what John did was, as, as my horse racing career developed, when he saw that I was at Arlington Park in Chicago back in the early 90s, John had a lot of regard for the sport of horse racing and for venues like Arlington Park. And that was when he said, okay, look, if, if you're calling races at Arlington, I'm gonna give you an audition. And I went to, to Michigan in June of 94 to do my audition at an ARCA race and uh, was fortunate to get hired. It was the most insane audition tape I have ever heard in my life. You have something that a lot of people don't know you have. And it obviously ties into what you do away from NASCAR. You have a photographic memory. I, who walks on to an ARCA race knows every car, every color, every driver, nailed the play-by-play -play call in an one-off ARCA race at Michigan 
It was incredible, my friend, and I still to this very day give you credit for that. Unbelievable skill set. Unbelievable. Yes, well, you're very kind. I will say this. John McMullen made the point at the time that he thought that one advantage I had was having called horse races, I was used to working with binoculars. And I remember he said that not, not every sportscaster, regardless of their background, who comes to audition, not every one of them has worked with binoculars. They're not used to picking them up and looking looking through that field of vision. And and John thought that, that that had given me advantage. I'll tell you another thing, Mike, given that era, I'm gonna guess I probably lucked out because somebody like Jeff Purvis or Tim Steele was leading by half the straightaway. So, so that probably helped me out as well. Now you talk about, I talk about the photographic memory, the work in binoculars. Obviously that's what plays into your wheelhouse when you do horse racing what are the likenesses because there's some fans some listeners know you do both there are some that know that you don't or don't think that you do but how does one play into the other how does one skill set feed off the other and vice versa well there is some crossover uh, I, and i think the the biggest difference for me was coming from horse racing where you've got 10 races a day and each race is maybe a minute and a half to two minutes long to learning how to actually do play by play because you don't get a chance in horse racing to do a lot of description. It's it's more a case of, all right, I've got 90 seconds here to get through a field of 12 or 14 horses and make sure every horse gets a call. So I had to learn things when I went to Motor Racing Network. You're calling for a radio audience. And, and I can remember not, not only our executive producer, but also my colleagues setting me down and saying, you, you need to throw in some, some descriptions of paint schemes on the cars. You, you need to throw in some references to the manufacturer of the car. Tell us if they're three wide, if they're double wide. I, I can still remember the second race I ever worked, Mike, was a, what at the time was the, the Bush Series, the NASCAR Bush Series at uh, Rockingham, North Carolina. And uh, at the end of the day, I, I'm thinking, you know, I did pretty good. I think I've got this down. Well, Michael Waltrip, as I recall, won the race and when I came back to the MRN hauler, Mr. McMullen pulled me aside. And as John would do, he said, he said, look, he said, he said, late in the race, when, when the leader was drawing off, you would say, well, Michael Waltrip's leading and it's a little bit further back to so-and-so, or it's a long way further back. John said, this is radio. I, I, you're not telling me anything I can visualize. Is it, is, is a little way back? Is it five car lengths? Is a long way back? Is it the length of the back straightaway? So, I had to learn, frankly, to become more descriptive. And I also had to learn to lighten up, be a little more enthusiastic. You know, horse racing is public address announcing. And when I went to NASCAR, I remember one of my friends here in Altamont, listen, and this buddy of mine, he had picked up on the fact that, that you might bring a very energetic call to the radio. And I remember even back then, my buddy said, you need to do more like Mike. You need to have more energy. He said, for goodness sakes, you're not announcing bingo at the Rotary Club. <laughs> Hey, listen, it does get a little dicey at the Rotary Club when those bingo balls get pulled. I'll just tell you that. Absolutely. Before we let you go, uh, I know that it's going to be a fun time. You're going to be in the turns with Dave this weekend on the MRN call on Sunday. What about the sense of pride that you have? Did you ever think that you would be calling a race, a cup race, at your home racetrack? No, I, I never imagined it. And I can tell you exactly why, Mike, this especially means a lot to me. I have sat on the sidelines and been in a situation where I wanted to be at what used to be known as Gateway, but wasn't there. And I'll, and I'll tell you what happened. It, 
when when the NASCAR, what is now the NASCAR Xfinity Series, came and christened the track back in the summer of 97, that was a summer that I wasn't doing a lot of work with Motor Racing Network. I, I had branched out at that particular point and was doing more horse race announcing. And as a result, uh, I, I remember, it's, it's just the way things go, I was not plugged into as many spots on the MRN calendar. And I ended up, I was sitting at home listening on MRN to that first NASCAR sanctioned race at what is now Worldwide Technology Raceway. The day Elliot Sadler won, it was hot, the track was coming up and so on. And I wanted so badly to be there. And I thought, what was I thinking? I wish, I wish, I wish I could be part of that crew today. So I think about that. I mean, that's been what, 25 years ago, but that probably helps me appreciate even more the chance to be part of the Motor Racing Network crew. It's always fun regardless, but you're absolutely right. To, to do the first cup race, just uh, 80 miles or so from my front door, it's it's an especial, especially large privilege for someone like myself who lives where I do in central Illinois. Well, I'm happy for you. I'm happy for all those folks in that part of the country. You are a wonderful, fantastic friend, but you are a tremendously skilled colleague, and we are a better network for having you a part of what we do. I love working with you. The folks love hearing you. I love your calls, and I can't wait to hear yours on Sunday. Mike, I appreciate that. Safe travels to you as you head to Portland and join the gang there, and I'll look up uh, forward to catching up with you here real soon. What a great guy. What a great friend, great colleague, and a fantastic skilled announcer. Kurt Becker is one of the good guys, and we're so glad that he's with us. And can't wait to hear him and Dave and the rest of the crew there at Gateway coming up on Sunday for the Enjoy Illinois 300. Let's shift some conversational gears here, as we always do on Wide Open, and let's get the odds perspective for the maiden voyage for the Cup Series at Worldwide Technology Raceway. And this look at the odds brought to you by BetMGM, the king of sportsbooks. Please bet responsibly. Producer Trey is here. Trey, what are those odds saying for this weekend's race? Well, Mike, once again, for the fifth week in a row, Kyle Larson's the favorite. And that's a little bit surprising to me, considering Kyle has never raced at this track. He's never been there in the truck series or or the Xfinity series like a lot of uh, the drivers have been. We've got a ton of actually former winners in the field this weekend at this track that you wouldn't necessarily expect. You can go all the way back to the early 2000s when Kevin Harvick and Martin Truex Jr. were winning there, or recently in the Truck Series when guys like Ross Chastain, Justin Haley, Christopher Bell all won at the track. But Kyle Larson is the favorite at plus 750. Denny Hamlin and Kyle Busch right behind him at plus 800. But my pick this weekend is is a guy who's won there fairly recently, Ross Chastain. I just mentioned him. He won at Worldwide Technology Raceway in 2019 in the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series. He is plus 900 this weekend. And probably the closest comparison that you can make to this track is what we see at Phoenix. Ross Chastain was up front, battled with Chase Briscoe for the win at Phoenix earlier this year, finished in second place. So, Winning there recently, combined with his success earlier this season at Phoenix, that's why I'm going with Chastain as my pick this weekend. I think he's going to get his third victory of the season. Long shot this weekend, I'm going for a deep cut this weekend. I'm go- My long shot is plus 20,000 or 200 to 1 to win this weekend. I'm going, not necessarily predicting that he's going to win, but I wouldn't be shocked if old Cole Custer doesn't have a good run this weekend. He won there in the truck series. We saw him peek into the top five, get closer up front 
this past weekend in the, in the Coca-Cola 600 and just looking at guys that have experience at this track who have been there, been on track and had success there. Custer is a guy that I think could surprise some people and have one of his better runs of the 2022 season this year. Maybe they go after uh, Chase Briscoe, his teammate, and the setup he might have went into uh, Phoenix with earlier this season. So Chastain the pick at plus 900, but plus 20,000, that's worth taking a flyer on and uh, looking at Cole Custer this weekend at Worldwide Technology Raceway. Look, if you get the Cole Custer pick right, oh, son, we're going to have to name something after you, an award, a studio, something, because if Cole Custer could pull this off. Now, I will say this, coming out of Charlotte, Stewart House Racing put two cars in the top five, something not a lot of people were looking for. Perhaps maybe this is the writing of that ship for SHR and Ford Motor Company. You heard it right there, folks. Chastain and Custer, producer Trey's picks for this weekend's Enjoy Illinois 300, a weekend that will feature a lot of on-air time for us here at the Motor Racing Network. Let's run down the broadcast schedule. Our coverage will begin Friday with practice with the NASCAR Cup Series at Gateway, 5 p.m. Eastern Time, Saturday. We basically are on the air all day and all night. Our coverage begins with qualifying for the Enjoy Illinois 300. Cup cars there. We're on the air 11 a.m. Eastern on Saturday. That runs right into the NASCAR Camping World Truck Series Toyota 200 at 1 p.m. Eastern. Then we're going to swing it out to Portland, the NASCAR Xfinity Series Pacific Office Automation 147. Live coverage on MRN 4 p.m. Eastern. And then we're going to hang around and we're going to give you the Arkham Menard Series West Portland 100, 7.30 p.m. Eastern time on Saturday. And then we're back on Sunday with the NASCAR Cup Cars maiden voyage in the Enjoy Illinois 300. Motor Racing Network on airtime, 2.30 p.m. Eastern on Sunday. Folks, that's all we have for you for this week. Appreciate you so much for joining us. Thank you to Kurt Becker for stopping by. Of course, producer Trey, I'm Mike Bagley. Enjoy the weekend in Oregon and at Gateway across the Mississippi from St. Louis. We'll reconvene here next week for another installment of NASCAR Live Wide Open. Until then, I'm Mike Bagley. So long, everybody. NASCAR Live Wide Open is brought to you by Toyota. For the latest Toyota racing information, visit toyotaracing.com. Buying a house can feel like you're going 200 miles per hour in bumper-to-bumper traffic with a dirty windshield and the sun in your eyes. Ruoff Mortgage has the technology, expert staff, and resources to simplify the process while speeding up the time it takes to get clear to close. So while getting a loan can seem intimidating, Ruoff Mortgage will have you opening the door to your new home fast and stress-free. Visit Ruoff.com to learn more. That's Ruoff.com. Ruoff Mortgage wants to welcome you home with their fast and stress-free mortgage process. Ruoff knows that when you're ready to move, you want to keep things moving. From the moment you start, Ruoff makes sure the process moves quickly, often twice as fast as other lenders, so you can close quickly and settle in sooner. Visit Ruoff.com to learn how you can qualify for the fastest loan of your life. That's Ruoff, R-U-O-F-F dot com. Do you have an unused car, truck, motorcycle, boat, or RV taking up space? 
Put it to good use by donating it to the NASCAR Foundation. Proceeds help fund medical resources for children in our racing community. Your wheels can heal. Call 844-NASCAR-9 and we'll come tow away your vehicle for free. The process is quick and your gift is tax deductible. Call 844-NASCAR-9 to donate your vehicle to the NASCAR Foundation today. Your donation will help our children survive and thrive. 